Animal Donut Show. Welcome to the I, I don't know what, what what do we call this the uh, the podcast the podcast the the we podcast could say, we yeah. could be Sam and Jeff show if we wanted okay, to yeah right? sure yeah, could I'll, rename it I like it yeah okay it. yeah we're working title you know? <laughs> right yeah. okay. it's good to see you again it's been a while right yeah yeah it has been I think like like a couple months and definitely a lot a lot has happened so uh, yeah a lot to to catch up on so um so where have you been and what have you learned. Oh wow! Isn't that the question? <laughs> well, I've I've been working at a at a summer camp uh, up on John's Island. It's called Camp Norwester, and I guess that's that's the easy part. Uh, what have I What have I learned? Uh, that's a big question. Maybe yeah, we could no, break it down. No, I mean, yeah. If if you want to break it down, or I could answer it uh, as is. You know what? Um, you know what? I'd rather. Then going chronologically, like what did you do most recently? Mm-hmm. How about just something that you've been thinking about or trying to get better at or um, any kind of perception you've had or perspective? Yeah. Um, something that you've you've noticed or been thinking about. How's that? No, that's great. Something I've been thinking about quite a bit recently is, uh, is the anxiety caused by decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. I really, um, like, I, I, I feel like a, an uh, I feel as though I am more anxious than the average person. Uh, so I, I've put, I've put thought into, uh, trying to pick apart what, what causes anxiety because I really, I really do think that there are, there are, that anxiety generally results from the cho- choices that you make or often the choices you make. It, it results from the way you think about things and how you spend your time. So I realize that, that, um, decisions even even relatively simple decisions uh they 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 instill a lot of anxiety in me and i some uh, an experience that drove this home to me today was in rei i um i went to rei because i had gotten i got an rei gift card for my graduation and i wanted to uh to spend it mm-hmm. on something so i thought you know hey I'll, I'll do that today and it was it was a surreal experience because i walked I walked into the store mm-hmm. and you know, I haven't been there in a long time mm-hmm. and I, I, I was blown away by how far camping equipment has come. It sounds kind of <laughs> ridiculous, but like I hadn't been in an REI in probably like four years and this stuff's amazing. It's so like tiny and light and, uh, and high tech. And they had this tent. I forget what it was called, but I was like, like, man, like tent technology is just like you know, light years <laughs> ahead of, of what I remember right. it being. Right. And, uh, for 10 minutes, I like couldn't keep a smile off my face. I felt like an idiot. I was like overjoyed and just like blown away. It was kind of like, uh, those movies where someone from the past gets transported into the future and is just entranced by everything that they see around them. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of started to fade off. And I, I was thinking, okay, what, what should I buy? What should I buy? Uh, and, and I, I didn't want to spend too much. I didn't want to go over the amount of, of, uh, money that I had on my gift cards by, mm-hmm. by a tremendous amount. So, uh, 
And then I started thinking about that and needing to decide on what I wanted to buy. And like my anxiety just started to build. It was strange. It's like, oh, should I buy this? Like, will I use that? Is that a waste of money? And I just realized, and I had been thinking about this, uh, you know, like over the, the past two weeks, just just decisions are, are a, a leading cause of anxiety uh, in me. Mm-hmm. And then I definitely think in, uh, in other people and just mm-hmm. that, that choice of how, how to spend your time is so often so, uh, so difficult. And that, that's why I really have enjoyed developing a schedule. That was one of the, that was the first thing that I did actually before I got back from camp, I, I started thinking about how, how am I going to spend my time, uh, and, and designed a morning routine and an evening mm-hmm. routine to, uh, to eliminate those choices and make it so that, that in the, the hour and a half preceding my, my wake up. And then in the, the two or three hours before going to bed, mm-hmm. I don't need to make any decisions in that period of time. So, so let me ask you just backing up to the being at REI and being like in heaven with all the camping technology and the progress that it's made. And then, feeling anxiety what why did you feel anxiety at that time when it came to like choosing one it sounds like the decision is what what froze you up yeah i mean in that instance i think it was uh i i don't enjoy spending money on things that i'm not going to use and i think i'm pretty good about that generally i don't i don't buy too much stuff Mm -hmm. i think i have less stuff than than the average person Mm -hmm. but uh yeah, I really, I really don't like wasting money at all, mm-hmm. um, and I, I really hate to see something like I, I. Not to criticize my parents, but I think that they have bought a lot of of things that they don't use. I just noticed that as I, and I think they would agree with me. Uh, I I look around their house and I just see a lot of things that I were bought mm-hmm. a decade ago and haven't been touched since I'd imagine they bought it, set it down and haven't touched it since. And that, mm-hmm. that's a, a behavior that I really want to not emulate. So in some ways you're maybe trying to balance their overconsumption and not utilizing things with not like under consuming and only getting stuff if you know you're going to use it. Yeah, I think that might be the case. And do you all, feel yeah. like you're trying to balance them out, or do you just not want to be like that? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I think I just don't want to be like that. Mm. Uh, and also, I really, I guess at this point, I'm just so, um, in many ways, happy with with my computer and my my Kindle and my you know guitar. Mm-hmm. Like that's really. And like my soccer ball and my my you know the the clothes that I own and like my pair of running shoes I feel like that's really and like I guess my iPhone and earbuds like that's really those are really the mm-hmm. only things that I knew, use I guess uh, like a pen and some notebooks too like that those are like all mm-hmm. all the that's my life you know so I and it just doesn't seem like uh, I use that many other things mm. yeah. Sounds like you have enough. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Which is something that not many people could say. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, I, you know, I want to, at the moment I'm living with my parents, and I think my one of my primary objectives for, for this year is to to move out of my parents' house right now. And mm-hmm. I, I could, or not, not right now, to move out before, within a year from now, I think within mm-hmm. a year of uh, September 1st, which, you know, so the, the 
clock is about to start ticking. Yeah. And, uh, and one more day. Yeah, one, one more starts. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I guess it's already started. <laughs> That's how time works. But, but, uh, but yeah, aside from just like having my own property, I really think that, uh, you know, it's, it's not the things it's, uh, it's uh, I, I'd much rather build my ability as opposed to building the the number of things that I have. I think that like everyone mm-hmm. is so hardwired to grow. You know, like like humans are just uh, just programmed to accumulate. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question then is, what are you accumulating? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, information. It's very easy to accumulate information without without spending that much money on it. There mm-hmm. are plenty, plenty of free books uh, that you can get for a Kindle. Yeah. You know, you can, uh, the internet is not free, but, you know, in some places mm-hmm. it is. That's, uh, you know, pennies for, uh, there, there's a, for an infinite amount of information, more than anyone can read in a lifetime. So I really think that that asking yourself, all right, what what should I be accumulating? That's a question that I've asked myself quite, quite often. And uh, generally... It's I want to accumulate information and mm-hmm. and ability, both of which are kind of uh, amorphous mm-hmm. things. But that's the those are the conclusions that I that I mm-hmm. came to. Well, you travel light. Like I've just noticed in the last few years, like when you leave for college or come back, like you have you know a backpack with your computer. Yeah. You've got a couple of pairs of jeans or some shirts mm-hmm. and some sneakers, and yeah. you have like less stuff than anybody. Yeah. Than anybody yeah. I know. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe you're able to do that because I don't know. There's no real reason you can do it and no one else can. I think you're intentional about what you really need. Yeah. What you don't need. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really like what you just said about that. There is, there is no reason why, why someone else couldn't do that. You mm-hmm. know, I think that you really, everyone's capable of it. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. there are some people who need to carry around medical equipment or that type right, of thing. Right. Right. Like some people have more required baggage, but I think that almost everyone can cut down on the amount of stuff they have. Sure. And, uh, and I think that would be a positive thing. Yeah. Now, uh, something else you said after that, um, about the REI was that you're trying to, um, decrease the number of decisions that you have to make at the end of the day or something. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about like why you're trying to cut down on the number of decisions you have to make or organize your time that way because i thought that was yeah well i i really like to i think that uh having a good morning is a very good thing and then Mm -hmm. also having a good evening is a very good thing because a good good evening leads into a good sleep and then Mm -hmm. a good sleep leads into a good morning uh Mm -hmm. and and i really think that having having consistency um every morning and every night leads to a lot of it, it makes me very happy honestly i mm-hmm. i these past it seems like every night since i've gotten back from camp i've gone to bed i've fallen asleep very quickly after after getting into bed and uh and as i'm winding down i'm i'm generally just uh, in a very a very good state of mind mm-hmm. i've been astounded at how um how how peaceful i feel at that time of day mm-hmm. i i just feel very um I, I've pretty much always felt as though the day was um, was uh, was successful and just mm-hmm. very very uh, not scattered. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. how come things have gotten better since camp? Like, what what's happened that's made you more you know uh, relaxed? I really I really enjoyed a lot of camp, but a lot of it wasn't. Um, I really like dealing with information. That's the thing. I really like reading and writing. Those are two of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And I, I like doing, I like taking in and putting out information at a very high rate. And, mm. and if you think about the number of words that you're taking in per minute, um, listening to someone versus the number of words you're taking in per minute when you're reading a book, this is an idea that, uh, that Elon Musk, that, that was the first person who I heard, uh, mentioned that idea. And I hadn't really thought about it before, but it's so true that like, if you're reading a book, you're just taking in a lot of information per unit of time spent mm-hmm. reading. And, uh, I feel like my mind, I have a very, um, a very like racing mind, like uh, racing thoughts. And, uh, I love just that, that like high, high volume information. And then I also love writing, just being able to write for an extended period of time and, and, uh, and just like put, put out a bunch of ideas, mm-hmm. uh, that that's a very satisfying thing for me. Uh, so I think that being, having more opportunities to do that has been, uh, led to a lot of peace of mind. Cause if I, if I don't write my ideas mm-hmm. down, they kind of bounce around and that's another thing that leads to anxiety. I think that, uh, the, the way I think about it is like a, like a teapot. It's like, if you, you know, you need to, um, like if a teapot's whistling, you need to, to open the, uh, you know the the spout or whatever you call it, and then that let, lets the steam out. And for me, writing is a way of doing that. And if I don't have that opportunity to spend at least like half an hour per day writing, uh, it just gets kind of pent up, and mm-hmm. I feel as though it's like um, it's like when you're having a conversation with someone and they they. Um, you want to respond to things that they're saying, but they're mm-hmm. not giving you opportunities mm-hmm. to respond. It's kind of like that, uh, and that that frustration that that builds when you're having that kind of experience. It's kind of the same for me. Only it, it happens no matter yeah. what. Like if I just don't have my my two periods of writing per day, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a lot of pent up ideas in my mind that I don't mm. want to lose. I, I'm like very anxious to a fault of like losing. Uh, an idea that I have, if I come up with like a, mm-hmm. something that I'm curious or like a, the, like an idea, you know, I, I just don't mm-hmm. want it to, to go away. And I think that getting it down on paper mm-hmm. really helps with that. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I was listening to everything you were saying and, uh, the one word that didn't come out of your mouth, but I think applies is pressure. It sounds yeah. like you were talking about a lot of pressure. Exactly. You even used exactly. the, um, teapot analogy yeah. but, and I was waiting for you to say like yeah pressure. the pressure yeah. builds up yeah. but yeah. it's very interesting that the word that wasn't used is probably the one thing that's ca- causing this yeah. anxiety for sure um, and I uh, I can't help but think that and this is just you know it, it could if it applies and it fits then it fits and if it doesn't just realize I'm sort of spitballing and trying to figure out like what might cause it but um, ju- just on my own experience, when I felt the most kind of uh, anxiety and um, like lots and lots of racing thoughts and things I wanted to write down, and it was because I didn't really have a, like a number one priority, which was really important that I knew I could um, funnel all of my energy towards, like one big thing and everything just naturally kind of flowed to it. And I think sometimes when you don't have like, what am I doing now? And sometimes I I don't have that clearly defined priority. And then I just feel like it's sort of like 
stepping on the gas, but the wheels of the car are just spinning. Man, I, I have that analogy. That like that, that's been like so rooted in my mind for such a long time. Yeah, continue. But yeah. that's like exactly exactly how I think about it. Yeah. yeah well, that, so we're in sync analogy. on that, yeah. which yeah. is just like you know, and and I think that even though you could like I could take more notes and write down more lists and have more ideas, it's like it still doesn't feel like you're really getting traction and moving forward. It yeah. just feels like you're stuck in the same spot. And I think that um you'll be fortunate a few times, you know, maybe many times in your life you'll find something where you can actually like put that those ideas into the machine and then the machine will churn them and then you're gonna like start moving forward. Yeah. Um I think that this is just from my own experience when you can like take those ideas and turn them into something physical. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm sure you could design like a, something that's not view, you know, I'll just say, for example, a book, like when you make a book, you know, it takes all those ideas and you literally like write them with a pen and paper Mm -hmm. or you type them and then you send them to a publisher or a printer and yeah. then they make a book. Yeah. And somehow when you can see the tangible proof yeah. of your ideas going yeah. into that form, it makes you feel like you accomplished something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you of all people, would know that. Like, it, You've written a couple books, and it seems like that. I, I can only imagine. I think we might have talked about that at some point, but the, the satisfaction of actually holding your own book in your hand and being like, man, this is this is my creation. And like, I, I, that just seems like it would be a very, um, I don't know, validating is the right word. Just like almost a, a surreal experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the real, it's the real stuff. It really makes you feel like you got, you accomplished something. Yeah. That's the best yeah. way. And I would, I would go so far as to say in our modern society, we've gotten so far away from some of the things that, our ancestors did to survive yeah. that we we don't have those kinds of successes that they had so we have to kind of replace them with our modern day equivalent and mm-hmm. I'll I'll give you an example of that so I was swimming today like right before I came over here I went swimming and I have these goggles just swim goggles so I can actually see the bottom of the lake and there were there are fish that are swimming around these these little fish yeah. and so I like swim after them and i try to catch them Uh i can get very close yeah just to give you an idea they're like maybe three or four inch long little silverish fish and i'm like i just want to catch one just to hold it and i'll let it go and i can get within like a foot of it like maybe even closer i'm like oh you are so i feel bad for you little fish yeah and then as soon as i get like one inch closer it just darts out of the way yeah yeah, it's yeah. like it's like I wasn't even close. Yet I almost had it within my hands, and it got away. And so, I, you know, it made me think, like, wow, if I just had like a T-shirt or something, I could have put it over the fish, or yeah. like made like a little bag and caught it. Yeah, you know, and of course, I could like go on to land like some crazy man and get a T-shirt and yeah, bring it back yeah, to yeah, the water and yeah, try to catch yeah, a fish. Yeah. But then I thought, well, that's how like. You know, man invented a net. A net is like a t-shirt, but it goes through the water quickly. Yeah. And, you know, you can, it could be a really large net. Most nets are not the size of a shirt. They're just like. Big. Yeah, Yeah. big. And so, and then just taking that the next step further, like if we had gone out like 300 years ago, you know, like 
the the gist of our day, like the end product of our day might be to bring home food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a thousand years ago, mm-hmm. it's maybe we would be hunting or maybe we would be looking for fruit or vegetables or I don't know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there would be something to show for all of our labors. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I just, so I'm just making the leap to, in our society now, we like, you know, log on to computers, we get into cars, we do all this stuff. And uh, at the end of the day, sometimes there's nothing to show for everything we did that day. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess the equivalent would be like if we made money, then we'd look at our bank account and then you'd have more money. But that's a very psychological, um, abstract proof that you're succeeding when you can look at a bank account and see like, oh, I have more money. So that means I have more resources. So yeah. instead of catching a fish, you catch some money so that you can go buy a fish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh man, that's funny. I, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it's so, it's so true. And that like I know exactly what you're talking about. Like that primal. Uh, like just the other day, I I caught a bullfrog. It was funny because I know my mom doesn't like to have them on the property because they make a racket and they're really noisy mm-hmm. and they eat the. I guess they're invasive and they eat the native frog. So I I caught a bullfrog and yeah. just just having it. Oh, how does my, my volume? Is that, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. levels look good. Yeah, oh, good, good. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I just caught it, and I had it in this jar, and I was just so elated. It was like, man, I got my frog, you know? This <laughs> right. is, this is it's great. It's a victory. Yeah, it's, it's such tangible. a win. Yeah, it's you tangible. You had it in the jar. Yeah, and it's so so childish, you know? That's like a ridiculous thing to be so, so amped over catching a frog, but for so long that was just the thing and i remember it from when i when i used to hunt and it's funny like looking at the the transit the the progression i guess you could say in my life like now i'm a essentially a vegan but i used to be like a very avid hunter and Mm -hmm. i remember just like coming home after shooting a rabbit it was the same thing or catching a crab and just like cooking it and eating it it was like man i just got that from nature and i'm gonna eat it (laughs) Like, like that it was uh really really cool and i remember those were like the highlights of my life at that time like when i got like a when i killed something and ate it it was just like i really really fun and and it just got me so so high uh and it's just like funny to see that for for, you know it makes sense because for so long that was just the objective and then going back to what you're saying about how these days so many people just don't have that and you you look at i remember i think we talked about this in an early podcast about that that um that difference between input and output and people will spend you know they'll, they'll work at their job often a job that doesn't really let them fully express themselves and then they'll come home and they, mm-hmm. they'll watch tv or youtube mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then they turn off the computer or the tv and they haven't they haven't made anything you know there's mm-hmm. no, nothing to show for they their consumed day. They culture consumed culture or yeah. media or whatever yeah exactly and i think that causes so much anxiety like one of the i have i've been writing down like it really the, the what I've been doing for the past week is just going through my past writing and then mm-hmm. organizing it and editing it and I've been ra- writing uh, and doing all this in Evernote and I have one one mm-hmm. notebook that is just like rules that I try to live by and one of those rules is make something every single day even if it's a piece of writing even if it's a uh, you know which is not not that solid of a thing but it's more than nothing you know oh, it's sure. definitely more than nothing and I just think that that so many people would be um, would be so much happier if they had some type of creative outlet, something that they could pour their energy into, mm. and have 
have something that they made at the end of every day or for you it could be like your photos or mm-hmm. like you know i i love like taking photos with my drone it's so cool after a uh, a day of shooting getting back and looking through the photos i've taken and thinking like oh man you know it's usually one in every 10 photos that i'm happy with but mm-hmm. finding that one that one or two photos or you know five photos if i've taken 50 mm-hmm. and, and just being like damn you know what that's something that i created today mm-hmm. it's something that it's just like so satisfying and I, it just seems incredibly lacking in today's culture at least in america well what's what do you say um seems lacking oh that that creative um the the creative outlets it seems like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have all that many creative mm-hmm. outlets there there i think we talked about this a uh, few times ago but there's it seems like there's a a um uh a lack of balance between input and output oh yeah yeah yeah, I, I do remember talking about that, or and thinking about it since. Yeah. But um, consuming media and culture by like watching movies or TV shows or yeah. listening to music, but not, you know, a lot of people just don't have the energy or the. Um, I think it takes some some preparation and yeah. just the. It takes drive to make things. It's harder to make things than to consume them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that's like something that I've written a lot. It's like, you know, consuming is so easy and making something, especially something good, is so hard. You need, you really you don't need to practice to watch a YouTube video, but right. you do need to practice to make it. To YouTube make video. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same goes with anything. You know, you don't need to practice to watch a soccer mm. game, but you do need to practice to play, play soccer. It's so, so much harder. You know, and like, I, I consider myself a slow learner and a lot, a lot of, of instances, uh, particularly like doing things with my body. Like I've often felt very uncoordinated in my mm. life and like, like coordination was not something that came naturally to me. I, I needed to work on it and I still have moments when I feel very clumsy and, uh, you know, it takes it takes repeated effort over the course mm-hmm. of the day, and I really think it, it's tough to to uh, really start enjoying a creative outlet until you've mm-hmm. put about a year's worth of time into uh, into refining your ability to to be creative and in that way, uh, whether that be like, and it depends somewhat on the on what that creative uh, outlet is, mm. but. Um, but yeah, like it takes a long time. It takes a lot of discipline for for the output to be enjoyable. But once you have put in that time, mm-hmm. then it's so much more enjoyable than than just taking in. Yeah, and I think the process of getting better at something, practicing, can be really enjoyable too. Even yeah. if you don't obtain like superstar professional status, and it might take two, three, five years, ten years before you become an expert. Yeah. But I think you have to enjoy that process yeah. of doing it and like give yourself the um, the joy and appreciate your own efforts because you're not going to be great when you're starting anything. Yeah. You're, yeah. You know, it, would, it kind of would defeat the rules of learning if you were great the first time you tried something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also I think that you know you were talking about taking the drone pictures and how satisfying that is and to get better at something creatively and I do think that also something that we um, are missing a little bit as we become more technologically savvy is that in earlier days we probably shared more things like with other people one on one or with a group yeah, yeah. 
just kind of like these conversations that we've had, I, I really like them because it's a genuine like listening yeah. and talking and thinking and yeah. expressing ourselves. Yeah. And in a way that a lot of times I think from day to day, we don't really have intentional yeah. conversations with each other. Yeah. And I think in earlier cultures, there's probably a getting together around like in a campfire or a circle and telling stories. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, well, you were just at camp and I don't know what they did at camp, but I remember as a kid being at camp, we would get together at night with campfires and tell stories and try to scare each other and like just passing on all of this like folklore. But I think that um, now that we're online, we're watching things like YouTube videos or people are on Facebook or Instagram and they're seeing stories like this is now a big part of Instagram is like stories. Um, but there are other people's stories and we're not participating in the story. We're just watching someone else's story. Yeah. And like, we're creating all these stories maybe to impress other people with everything that's going on in our life. But in a way we're like voyeurs on other stories. Whereas in the past we were sharing stories we were actually a part of. Yeah, man, I, that's something that I think about. Uh, you know, it's funny. I feel like every time we have these conversations, you say something, and I'm like, man, uh, it's something that I've been thinking about a tremendous amount, but maybe haven't haven't mentioned. I think that that is so true, and it's amazing to think about the fact that humans lived for. Uh, you know, I forget exactly how long ago Homo sapiens like technically evolved, but for I think technically it's been a long time. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite quite a while. And then you think about in this uh, like thousands th- of years, thousands of years, tens yeah. of thousands of yeah. years, uh, hundreds of thousands, probably. You know, yeah. who knows? What whatever. What what I do know is that like in this tiny little window, this like this like one hundred thousandth of uh, how long we've existed. Uh, in this like ten year window, you know, we've gotten like you were saying stories and uh, and texting and what and the, these very um, refined uh, isn't the right word because it has too positive a connotation. We have these very uh, reduced ways of interacting mm-hmm. with each other. It's like you think about a, a text conversation as opposed to a. Mm-hmm a face-to-face conversation and Mm -hmm. there's just so much less information coming through in a text conversation you're Mm -hmm. not looking a person in the eye you're not you're not hearing the tone of their Mm -hmm. voice or their inflection there's just a lot less going on and i think that it's really throwing people off to to not be connecting face-to-face with each Mm -hmm. other and all you know this is like a it's not an original idea plenty of people have thought this too but uh or thought that too you know uh, that's a, a prime topic of yeah but it's still powerful parents. because still powerful, we're still yeah. missing it yeah we're, yeah we're we're picking up the phone and texting as our go-to yeah. rather than choosing face-to-face or choosing a phone call or whatever yeah. we could do that would be uh, that would share more yeah. closer to story and less just like the texts are like little random just thoughts they're yeah. just ideas and they're kind of carefully curated in a way yeah. and that like you can say just as many words but not too many yeah. and put in an emoji and you're set to go yeah it's a very just unnatural way of doing things and that that uh that distance you know i like i think a lot in terms of 80 20 analysis analysis or analyses i don't know yeah analyses mm-hmm. and it's like i think they're a very good thing especially when it comes to something like writing or photography writing or photography where you uh you 
you know, take a hundred pictures and then cut it down yeah. and, and, and only, only post the pictures that look good. But it's, it's a two, a double edged sword because, you know, then you get these highlight reels of other people's life. And I find so often on Facebook, you know, it's funny. I, I hadn't really, I'll go on for like five minutes, maybe once every, mm-hmm. every five days or something like yeah. that, aside from checking my messages. And, and I will just like, within five minutes of scrolling i'm angry i'll either be thinking oh these people are like childish they're spending the wrong, like their time the wrong way and like right, or like right. oh they're like egotistical they're just like posting these uh you know these like flashy photos or like the or they're uh you know bragging or something it's just a very mm. um a very strange way of displaying who you are and i think that that it is really quite quite toxic yeah in, in, in a lot of ways uh, and it just seems like uh, something, a question that I've been asking myself a lot recently is like, how did people used to li- used to live? Like what, what did the, the day of a, uh, a person in a hunter gatherer society look mm. like, or what did the, the day of a person in an agricultural society mm. look like? And, and trying to match the way I live a tiny bit more to, uh, to mirror that, yeah. that way. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's fascinating. If we were to think back like 500, 600 years, you know, that was a long time, yeah. but we were still humans like we yeah. are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if you go back maybe a thousand years, I think a lot of life was about surviving. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And now we don't have to worry about surviving as much because like for you and me and a lot of our friends, not everybody on the mm-hmm. planet, but yeah. just for the people we know from day to day, like we have a roof over our heads and there's enough food so that we can make it to the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that if you go back far enough, that wasn't a given. So yeah. people would actually like wake up in the morning and they'd be like, okay, uh, I have to get warm. I have to dry off, you yeah. know, whatever it was to like keep from freezing or something. Yeah. And then you were hungry. So you had to like either go out and physically get the food or the animal or hunt, or maybe you would like, trade something that you had built or made or something with someone else. I think the ideas of success in the past were just, no, we didn't have like psychological constructs of like, am I a success? Yeah. It's like, am I, am I alive? Are my kids alive? You know, it's such a, such a different, different way of being. Yeah. Now the ideas of success, I mean, so many of them are abstracted. They're like, you know, about accumulation of things. Yeah. 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 It's just sort of how we've gone, how, how it's worked. But, you know, people have cars that show other people how cool they are or how yeah. much yeah. money they have for a car or they have houses or they have, you know, bank accounts. But these are things that, you know, didn't exist yeah. very recently in human evolution. Yeah. So we were less focused on, you know, accumulating material things yeah, and more probably on survival. Yeah, for sure. That's my guess. And it, you know, but I, I mean, around, I, mean I think so there's no, no other way it could be really. Yeah. Like that, that's just must've been, yeah, must've been, must've been it. I, like, it just seems like that, that would be the only metric for measuring how yeah. well you were doing. That. Yeah. Maybe how big you were. Like if you like were really like fat and had a lot of meat on your bones, you obviously had, had a lot of resources to keep, you know, yeah. stocked up in case there was hard times or famine, you know, in case yeah. like there was a, 
You know what I mean? I'm just guessing like people who were really poor were probably really starving a lot yeah. or dying. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. True. People yeah. were probably living to, you know, 20, 30 years, 35. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Not, there were times old, yeah. maybe you get attacked by a wild animal and that was it. Yeah. People were dying of just infections and things so that we take penicillin or get a shot and that's... Yeah. You know, that, that has been something that I've been very fascinated by that, that, um, the evolution of medicine. It's something that I've, I've read a bit about and that I'd definitely like to read more about. Again, I've been thinking about It's amazing how that happened. It's crazy. Not a script. We hadn't yeah, even planned yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what aspects well, have you been You tell me about? what you're thinking about and then I'll, well, I, I've been thinking a lot. I read, um, well, first I, I took biology of microbes about a year ago was when mm-hmm. I started taking it. And that really got me into the, like the thinking about the microbial world. And then, uh, recently I read a book called the hidden half of nature talking about microbes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was just thinking about the, the evolution of like, uh, antibiotics or not evolution of antibiotics, but just how, how the, so many medical, um, you know, so-called advances, which ha- have has benefits, have also had these massive downsides as well. Like you look at antibiotics and and how you know they've saved so many people from death, but then also the overprescription of antibiotics mm-hmm. has been such a huge problem and and is like one of the the most pressing problems that we have today. Just mm-hmm. like both doctors overprescribing antibiotics to patients, and then also. Uh, in agri- in animal agriculture, the overprescription of antibiotics to to livestock to fatten them up mm-hmm. uh, that has has just like caused huge problems. And then then you also look at look at drugs and which are a very new uh, a new thing. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't have we didn't have refined drugs until you know like uh, what two hundred years ago something mm-hmm. like that. It was just like you would eat the the herb or whatever, yeah. um, and that was it. That was it. Now we have these like very complicated compounds that we're putting into our body, particularly yeah. like, uh, not particularly, or, or like, you know, the ingesting and then they're, they're intended to, uh, modify some aspect of our, mm-hmm. of our brain or our, our endocrine system and all, like, it seems as though every, um, every system in the body is characterized by feedback loops and, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the effect that these, these compounds are having, on feedback loops, it seems like they're they're prescribed, despite the fact that their effects on these loops are not very well understood. So, can you give me an example of one that you've read about or learned about, like specific, so I know what you're talking about? Yeah. So, if you look at at um, like drugs prescribed for AD, ADD and ADHD, mm-hmm. um, they often affect the the dopamine system, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, so in between neurons you have you have synapses and, and mm-hmm. through those synapses they neurons communicate by sending what are called neurotransmitters through those synapses and drugs and then so you have uh, it's called the, the presynaptic neuron and then that releases a neurotransmitter and then that passes through what's called the postsynaptic cleft that's the space between neurons mm-hmm. and that is accepted by by receptors on the the postsynaptic neuron mm-hmm. so presynaptic releases and then postsynaptic uh, receives and mm-hmm. then <clears throat> if if the the postsynaptic neuron neuron receives enough of those transmitters mm-hmm. it will fire that's generally how it works mm-hmm. there are a lot of exceptions but the, a lot of drugs mimic those neurotransmitters, mm-hmm. so they they will also bind to the the receptors on the postsynaptic neuron. And what you see is that if there's an overabundance 
of a neurotransmitter or or a drug mimicking it, mm-hmm. then the number of receptors on the postsynaptic neuron is reduced. So, so that, how does this apply with the uh, example that you were giving about the ADHD drug? Yeah. So if you if you have, for example, an ADHD drug that that um that mimics dopamine, mm-hmm. and you keep pumping the brain, it's the same with like cocaine, for example. If you pr- this is how addiction works. If you keep pumping the brain with that drug, then the number of receptors on the postsynaptic neuron will will be reduced. Mm-hmm. So then you need more. You always need mm. more of of that neurotransmitter or drug to achieve the the uh, desired result. So mm-hmm. so. Uh, if you take that drug away, there are fewer receptors, and the brain might not have enough to to function enough uh, neurotransmitter to mm-hmm. function normally. And that's like a bit of an oversimplification. Yeah. You know, the brain is the the most complicated object in the known universe, uh, propound. But but uh, but you know that's and we have like a very poor understanding of the brain. I think that people don't really realize how just how little we actually know mm-hmm. about the brain there's a lot of a lot of pop neuroscience uh yeah being tossed around but people don't have a very firm grasp on it even even the experts yeah in the field of neuroscience uh but we're messing with it you know we're 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 putting these chemicals into it yeah. and they're, they're affecting those feedback loops in ways such as the one that i just described and i think that we're going to i think that it, it'll be another example of one of these uh, so-called advances in medicine that mm-hmm. 20 or 30 years down the line or 50 years down the line we're going to look back and think mm-hmm. oh my god i can't believe that we were doing that to sure. people and uh but you know it's just uh, a tough thing to to stop and uh to gather data on one because there's so much money to be made off yeah. of it and then also because it's just a uh, we just don't have that much data at yeah. the moment on the effects that these these drugs are having. Um, how about diagnostic imaging? Do you know anything about that? Any of these machines that do scans or you know read our bodies? Yeah, I do. I mean, they. Uh, that's something that I've I've definitely researched a, a decent amount. And uh, I mean, what what? Well, what um, do you want to know? So have you have you? I know you read uh tools of titans yeah um have you read any of the four hour body i've read some of it because yeah. i think tim ferris in the book he talks about getting uh mris and yeah. scans done yeah, yeah but he like went down to mexico to get a whole bunch of scans done there okay. because they're like a lot less expensive but yeah. they use similar yeah, yeah machinery yeah. or even uh, better machinery yeah but i was just wondering if you have any kind of there's no no specific scans but i just wondered if you thought much about diagnostic tools like that yeah i do i mean we have uh for studying the brain at least which uh which you know that that's the really the issue at the moment with our diagnostic imagery because for you know for bones x-rays work pretty well and they have mm-hmm. for a long time uh, and then for like the rest of the body it's not really so much a question of like imaging like if you want to we're not using like large scale actually you know that's not something that i well, i'll talk about what i know about for, for, the, for the brain uh we have fmri which uh-huh. shows you essentially where the blood is going in in the brain is uh, f for functional functional yeah okay. functional magnetic resonance Im- imagery uh imaging something like that yeah. and then uh and then we have eeg which measures electrical activity yeah. in the brain and so that can measure brain waves which is the uh 
like the grouped firing patterns of neurons. That's sort of like what pulse yeah. your brain is beating to. So how how's that useful to have you know, that imaging done? Would you ever want it for your brain? Yeah, I definitely Why? would. Yeah, so you can look at um, at it, lo- looking at the electrical activity in your brain sh- sort of tells you what um, what type of well, the, the, what type of state you're in? So there, there are different uh, brain waves. Do you, do you know anything about this? Or, uh, I've heard about functional MRI. I've, I've heard about tests where they can see what parts of the brain are lighting up yeah. during different activities. And some people will have more developed parts of their brain, and you can see that yeah. when they lit up. Yeah, exactly. Does so it we, harm the brain to have these tests at all? It doesn't seem like it. No, <laughs> not, not the. Uh, there, there's one called positron emission tomography yeah. (PET). That's not. That's not too great. Okay, you, you don't want to have that. But. So, in the future, do you think just like we all have like smartphones now with apps? Do you think there will be a really low cost uh, scanner or something that oh, we yeah. could actually monitor our brain? Oh yeah, there, there already is. It's called the the Muse headband. And it, it, serious? Yeah, and it, it can monitor your brain waves. Can it give you a visual picture of what's lit up and what's firing? You know, I've never used one. I think it can. I know it tells you somehow okay. what, what's happening because the idea with Muse is that. Uh, I, th- I think it's it's to help you get into a meditative state. So okay. meditative states are characterized by by a certain uh, firing pattern, yeah. a certain uh, uh, brainwave state. And it, okay. it, something that I should mention is that you know you have all your neurons in your brain, and then they're let's hope I do. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Yeah, we probably probably don't have all of them, but yeah, there there's these neurons in your brain, and then yeah. uh, different different regions of the brain fire at different uh, at different rates. Yeah. So you'll see if you uh, if you looked at say uh, like the occipital like uh, like the visual cortex of your brain, uh, it would sort of pulse. There'd be pulses of activity, whereas yeah. like a lot of neurons are lighting up and then yeah. they're going off. And then there's that differs from region to region, but then you also have overall activity. So you could say like you know the average of your the average pulse rate is. Mm-hmm whatever you know and we, we we characterize that by saying like oh your brain is uh isn't like like you're you're showing alpha waves right now or mm-hmm. beta waves right now or gamma waves or delta waves so that's like the net uh fire that'd be cool if you could if you could actually monitor how your brain was functioning during the day oh and it's, it's going to happen that's that's really uh that's really what we're shooting for so yeah. like there what i what i'm excited to see in terms of uh Imaging technology yeah. is number one a reduction in bulkiness. So, like at the moment, fMRIs are like very big, mm-hmm. they're very bulky. EEGs, that's what measures your brain waves. Mm-hmm. They they are smaller. They're less. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can wear one, uh, kind of like a cap. That muse yeah. headband. I'm sure it's not too accurate. Yeah, or not you know nearly as accurate as a more uh, uh, expensive version yeah. of that technology. But it's you know you can wear it uh, as you're meditating. So what I'm inter- interested, or what I'm excited for, is for number one a drop in the price of the, yeah. these imaging technologies, a drop in the the, the size, like getting yeah. less bulky, and then also a, a an increase in resolution. So yeah. like, as they get more precise and more precise, it's going to be amazing what type of data we can yeah. get from them. As far as future businesses that you could yeah. work on, I I could see working on something that helped people to tune into how their brain was. Oh, acting yeah, and definitely. and what parts of the brain were being engaged, yeah, and maybe even like 
being able to see what stress looks like on your brain oh, yeah. and maybe if you're relaxed, like what that looks like oh, yeah. when we, you're we challenged. Can, we can already do it. We can or even in a flow it, yeah. state. How about oh, someone yeah. in a flow state? Oh, man, they've been doing a bunch of stuff with that. Yeah. Like, what if you could do that at home? Because, you know, here's what we're limited to at home. Yeah. You can um, figure out your uh your weight standing yeah. on a scale yeah, yeah. you could do your pulse by wow. putting fingers on you know on your wrist or yeah. your carotid artery uh you could do your blood pressure if you yeah. have a blood pressure yeah. cuff yeah that's about it's that's not, about not much. all yeah. you can find out yeah. about yourself yeah, and yeah. those are like really rudimentary oh yeah considering yeah. you know weight yeah <laughs> but um how uh, now here's a here's another thought if if you could have a lot of information about your future as far as your health and how you would get sick and what the greatest chances are of some disease that's going to make you die. Would you want to know about it now if that meant that you could act on it and like prolong that eventual death or sickness or would you rather not know? Uh, I, I would want to know about it. I generally think that, uh, that, having more information about the nature of the world is a good thing. And I think that, uh, like for example, some people say like, Oh, I, I wouldn't want to have my genes tested because I might yeah. find out that, you know, I'm going to be dead in 20 years because some, uh, yeah. you know, relatively late onset disease is going to come. But I, I would rather, I would rather have that information because that would help me make more informed choices about the, how I spend my time. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So like if I knew I was going to die in five years, I would spend my time very differently than if I knew I was going to die in 50 years. I, I, I would much rather have that information. Really? And yeah. what if you knew, for example, that you had um, chances of heart disease were going to be great when you turned you know, 55 or 60, but you, there were things you could do now, if you had that information, that would prolong that or make it yeah, you'd want to know oh yeah definitely i don't think anyone wouldn't i i, I would hope that it's it an interesting cool. question yeah. i think some people don't want to have tests done because they don't want to know that somewhere in their future is a disease they'd yeah. rather just that ignorance is bliss like you know what i'm happier now not knowing yeah that might be i mean i think that a lot of it depends on whether or not they could do something about that disease because i yeah. i could see that being a a difficult thing. If you knew, if you knew in ten years that you were going to get a disease and there was nothing you can do about it, that's very different from knowing that you have an increased probability of developing a heart condition. But if you do a certain, if you start living a certain way, you reduce that probability. I think those are two very different p- types of information to to obtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So here's a question. This is this is deeper, but yeah. we'll put on our our thinking yeah, cats. Yeah, but yeah. what if you knew that for whatever reason you just had say let's just say like eight more years yeah. that was it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and and this is kind of i think a cool exercise because it's one of setting priorities in yeah. the let's it's kind of short term i mean yeah. eight years is far away but if you start thinking about what would i really want to do with my life yeah. it yeah, yeah. focuses your thinking in a way where you start narrowing you know like just throwing away all the garbage yeah. stuff that's not gonna so you know um as a way to kind of set a priority what is something that if you had eight years and that was it, um, you know, what would you like to do with that time? Huh. I think 
at, at the moment, I my, my strategy now uh, is is going through all the writing that I've done over the past two years, and then I think that writing is something that I'd like to pursue in the future. But mm-hmm. before that, I would like to to become independent and start start a business to make money or find find some way of making money. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna, and I'm sure I'll be writing during that time as well because I enjoy writing every day. But I think that if I knew. If I knew I was going to die in eight years, I would probably, I would probably dial down. I probably wouldn't create a business. I'd probably just stay at home because, uh-huh. like, I, I would just much rather leave my thoughts behind than a business behind. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah that there, there's just like some some messages that I would like to get out, um, some ideas that I have, and I'd much rather just have that record. You know, when I just like consider legacy, yeah. uh, like, you know, if the business's idea is making money, like, I think that long term, if I created a successful business, I think that'd be very satisfying to like make a lot of money and then hopefully like direct it towards, um, towards charitable causes that I think are, are um, mm-hmm. worthwhile and meaningful. But but what if what if someone else is already running a big business? I mean, we got a lot of big companies yeah, out there, yeah, yeah. and they're feeding it into charitable causes. So if that was lifted from your shoulders, um, I so I guess my question then would be two part. One is what are those uh, ideas that you'd want to share? Like uh, what what have you learned? And I mean, I'm, I know we're all still learning, but like yeah. what what do you feel are the the thoughts that carry the most weight from what you've experienced so far and then what would be the format would it be like a ebook or would it be a audible book or would it be a movie or would it like how would you share that with other people i think i think it would be a blog probably. a blog yeah i think that's a very nice format because I, I i when i as i've been going over my ideas i'll see like a paragraph or something i think i usually think to myself oh i wouldn't want to take this and turn it into a book but i'd like to turn it into a five-page essay uh-huh. maybe expand upon it and to that degree i think that a lot of times people take ideas and turn books turn them into books mm. when really the the whole idea could be covered by a 10-page essay mm-hmm. you know and so would it be important to you that you had followers for the blog or is it mostly a matter of i just want to get it up there so i'd have a legacy and so future readers could find it and read it you know how important is it that there are other people for for me now for me that's very important yeah i think that uh that that's a a nice way to quantify um how well you're doing how many follow followers you have you have like how Mm -hmm. how in touch you are with reality Mm -hmm. because i think that if you're in touch with reality there are plenty of people who have plenty of followers who i don't think are in touch with with reality yeah it's sort of like a it's like a necessary but not sufficient thing. It's like I, I would just want to have. Yeah. I think I'd gain a lot of satisfaction to see like, oh, some people are enjoying what I'm putting out. Because yeah. if I was just putting out a lot of writing and no one really gave a damn, it would just seem kind of useless. But yeah. if if people were enjoying the message that I would, yeah. was putting out, it'd be like, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing something right. And would maybe, it be a general purpose blog? Would it be a blog of scientific writing or? you know, essays or like what kind of blog have you thought about? Like what your unifying concept would be? Well, you'll probably find out within a year because I'm going to make it, but, (laughs) but, but uh, but a general overview would be, uh, definitely a mixture because I I have a very wide array of interests. Uh So there'd be like 
some like health and fitness stuff, some philosophy, some uh, uh, just like tools and tricks and hacks because that, that's something that I'm very into. Like I, I've I've come up with some of those yeah. and, and uh, a lot that I think could be very helpful to yeah. other people. So yeah, a very wide variety. What would be the, what's your blogging platform? Like, have you thought like who's going to host it? I think what WordPress. WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. How did you choose WordPress over? Squarespace or one of the others. I, I used it in uh-huh. uh, in high school. We had oh, yeah. A, yeah, we had a tech class, and we all we all made little blogs. So I have a bit of familiarity with it. I've also used Squarespace, and I'm kind of debating between the two. Uh-huh. I'm really, uh, you know, I, I'm a, a great believer in specialization. So the these past three years, I've just been writing and not really worrying too much about format i just yeah. figure get the ideas down expand absolutely upon them. but now now the format is something i'm starting to yeah think about. so, so there are they mostly in uh in evernote now yeah. did you say yeah evernote and the apple notes app yeah so it's really a matter of a you know tell me tell me if this sounds like i'm on the it's just a matter of copying and pasting into a blog post and then editing and maybe condensing yeah. and giving a title. Yeah, so what I'm what I'm doing at the moment is is copying and pasting into into separate uh Evernote notes and like doing my editing there as opposed to uh-huh. editing inside the blog. Inside the blog. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my perspective on it. Mm. It could be on target, it uh-huh. could be you just tell me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh it's like an exercise in condensing and refining and making it better and better. But as long as it's in Evernote, it's in process. Yeah, but for sure. But it's never quite perfect, which means that it may never quite make it onto the blog. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to have a blog. Yeah. But that blog could be in 2019 or yeah. whenever. Yeah. So the question is, what's the fear of failure in starting a blog tomorrow with blog post number one. Oh, I've already started it. You yeah, started yeah. it. Yeah, I have a little a little WordPress page. Yeah, but you it's have very, a little WordPress, and I don't know very, about it. Yeah, it's very. I well, I, I was keeping it quiet. I, I think you're the first first person to know. So yeah, yeah. yeah well, this, yeah. this well, I I, um, I want to see it. Yeah, whenever sure, you're yeah. ready to to share yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. I think it's great that you've already started it. Yeah. No, I mean you're I, not waiting till you find out you have eight years to go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think my my uh the reason for my doing that is I want to have when when I get it off the ground, when I really kick started because there isn't all that much on it right now. Um when I really get it off the ground, I want to be able to be like copy paste five pages, copy paste five pages, copy paste five pages. I'd like to have it all set up and then over the course of one day put a lot of information on it so once it starts getting tra- traffic, if it starts getting traffic, people will be it, it will be you know, worth worth people's time. They'll they'll be able to look around and be like, "Oh, you know, he's he's done something." I I don't want it to just be like, "Oh, here's one scrappy post." I'd like I to just be able to You want to have a throw- like a like a fully formed yeah, not necessarily fully formed, but I think I'd like it to be just be able to throw a lot of information on there over the course of two hours. And at the moment, I'm just like preparing for that big dump of information. Do you feel like it's kind of like ready, aim, 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 
but it never gets to that point where it's like, all right, it's live and everybody's going to find out. Cause no, I don't think so because I know, I know what I want it to be. Uh, it's just that like my writing at the moment to give you an idea of it. Yeah. Like, what, what and by I the do, way, yeah. part, part of this is yeah. just that I want you to be like, no, it's not going to be get ready. It's going to be done at the end of this weekend. Yeah. And I'm going to send the link out to my friends and my family yeah. and, it's just going to start and then I will refine it later for sure. No, I I mean, I appreciate the encouragement (laughs) and like a lot of dreams have died without becoming actualized. So it's definitely, uh, it's, uh, we're, we're, it's, uh, good good things you're saying, but, mm, I, uh, uh, at the moment, like the way that I, that I take notes, I kind of have like the form of my writing right now is I'll do like stream of consciousness, uh, like a, a big brain dump for, mm-hmm. for an hour and that that can be it's like very random very scattered some of it is is i'll have like as i'm looking through it i'll see like oh man that was a coherent paragraph mm-hmm. but then i'll get sidetracked and be like write down some random thought it's just not in a very intelligible format at the moment so i just need to you know, it's like it's like editing and revising, revising and editing a paper before you turn it in. At the moment, yeah. it's just it just if I put it up right now, it would be insane. Like, no people would just be like, "Man, this guy is the most ADHD person <laughs> like in the world," you know, because it's just not not in a pleasant format to take in. So it's just a yeah. question of putting it in that format, yeah. and then and then the other the other way that I take notes. This is in the Apple Notes app. If I just have a thought over the course of the day. I'll write it down in the Apple Notes app. If I if I read an article that I find very fascinating, yeah. I put it down in the Apple Notes uh-huh. app. So, uh, so I'm just sorting it at this point, saying like I haven't now I have an Evernote yeah. page for like scientific articles that I find fascinating. So I just want to have ten articles in that page at least before I throw them I on gotcha. the blog, and then like there'll be another one like questions that I ask myself frequently. I want to have at least twenty questions together, which yeah. I do at this point. So the but analogy like, it seems to me like you're curating this blog kind of as though one were curating a museum exhibit and you're saying, look, before I open the doors to let people in the museum, I want to have art on the walls. Exactly. I want to have exactly. it all set yeah. to go. That's so a they perfect, can... perfect analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well uh, that makes sense to me. I, I can appreciate it. And I, it reminds me, I, I like hearing this because my Evernote I've been, I've kept Evernote, going for like more than 10 years I really think. i didn't know it existed that long yeah, <laughs> no, it's crazy That's amazing, i yeah. think i found out about it in in maybe 2010 or 20 okay. 2000 actually 2008 maybe wow. and so it's like thousands and thousands wow. and most of them are just you know little things that i typed down or wrote and then yeah they're yeah. not consequential but it's really helpful as an author for me when I get an idea and here's something, I don't know if you do it or not, but I will, if it's say for it's for a book and the book's titles, like I, my most recent book is stock market intelligence. So I just use SMI and I just type that anywhere in the, Oh, I like that. That's great. Anywhere in the headline of the note or the subject or in the body. Uh huh. And you can see where I'm going with that. Yeah, and that perfect. way you can yeah. just search it later. Yeah. And yeah, with, yeah, with like, a, uh, like the search function. You yeah, just, just yeah, search. search SMI, you don't even yeah, have to type a, in a hashtag. Awesome. You just that's do awesome. SMI. Yeah. And since that's not going to appear in any word, it'll yeah. just... So I have everything kind of 
um, without having to create it and file it at the time I make it into a folder. Yeah. I just put that tag. But um, I think what your story is helping me to realize is that there is useful stuff in Evernote that was an idea. And I think the, for me, the most pure and useful way to use it is to simplify it. Kind of like yeah. you're talking about with your stuff and yeah. not yeah. owning things you don't need or yeah. buying stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's about what's the most important part of this note. Exactly. And I think we also have to realize that our readers and our visitors um, are also going to be tend to get distracted yeah. by other things. So yeah. you want to present the most useful yeah. form, which is usually, I know it sounds hard to do, but like three sentences. And yeah. then if you really need a fourth, I know you were talking yeah. about like most things could be described in like 10 pages instead yeah. of a book. Oh, I mean, that, that's, that's like the maximum. Right. right. Like, I, I think you're completely, but maybe like, like a paragraph or paragraph. exactly. Yeah. Just tiny little snippets. And that yeah. kind of takes the pressure off. Cause here yeah. you are thinking about, you know, like wanting to create like a substantial blog before you go live. But I'm not saying that each of your articles be one paragraph, but yeah, you know, it could almost be fun to look at like lots and lots of notes and be yeah. like, what here, what's the essence? What's oh, the and that's seed? That's exactly what I do. I go through and I, what I did when I was writing them is I'd, I'd write it and then often read back over it and then bold anything. Uh, and I was like, Oh, and that's actually worth, worth uh, communicating to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is really interesting. This comes up because I just, created a patreon page today really? okay yeah you know what patreon oh, yeah. is I, I do. Yeah. explain it for people who are listening who might not have heard of patreon yeah so so you have a um something like a podcast and and you don't have ads to fund it you can you can but you have an audience or don't don't have an audience you can create a patreon page and that's that allows your um your followers to pay you you could say pay like five dollars per month or Mm -hmm. pay a dollar a month you know you can the the prices or the amounts are flexible but uh it it allows crowdfunding essentially of a creative endeavor or any type of endeavor yeah uh and it's it's just a a a funding uh system yeah so the way i've heard is you know for musicians who are creating really good videos or music and they don't have any way of getting paid yeah i think the creator was jack conti and he uh he does these videos online music videos um one of this he does them both on his own but also with um natalie dawn and they're called pomplamoose and they do video songs and they're incredibly inventive and fun to watch Uh but he was getting millions of visitors to the videos and earning like very little money and he thought there's got to be a way yeah i have so many people watching and i'm not making money so this is just a way for creative people whether they're musicians or designers or photographers or illustrators or podcasters to tell to communicate to their friends and their followers hey if you want to help support me, you can make a donation. So I think there yeah. must be a, a way to enter a credit card or something. Yeah, I think so. I've never, <laughs> I've never, I've done, never, it. I've never done it. Neither, <laughs> neither yeah. I. Yeah. But I set up the page. Yeah. It was uh-huh. super easy. They have, um, and I'm not affiliated in any way with them. I just yeah. learned about Jack through uh, his YouTube channel. Uh-huh. And then I thought, huh, I wonder if they have an app for this on the iPhone. And yeah. today I literally downloaded it and created a profile and wow. uploaded a picture to it. Uh-huh. And now it's live but what i want to do is find ways to put content i believe that your patreon page is could be like a web page 
with some unique content on it yeah. that yeah, yeah. you're they're like the patrons of the art mm-hmm. you know they're the people who support you and then they could like watch the video or see the pictures and it my idea is it wouldn't be the stuff that would be available to everybody in the general public it would be like special stuff for the people who support you ah i like yeah oh yeah you can definitely do i mean you know what i mean like otherwise i i guess like if they're not patrons then or patreon customers then why would they want to contribute money so in a way it's sort of like look in exchange for helping to support me here's some special stuff behind the scenes things or something i just thought of and i wanted to share with you guys exactly that's a good way of incentivizing it yeah yeah. So, you know, this I'm just sharing this with you too since you're making this blog and you're also thinking I'd like to do a business. Maybe yeah. there's a way that you could do your blog but also yeah, get support. Definitely. No. I mean, I I'd love to I'd love to do that. Um I think that'd be that'd be great, you know, cuz I there's a part of me, a part of me that, you know, if if you have enough followers, I think it's cool. I I actually do believe in uh in a few well-placed ads. You know, it's funny cuz they're like Wikipedia, for example, is like Jimmy Wales is very, that's the founder of Wikipedia, is very committed to keeping it ad free. And he has, mm-hmm. a, you know, ads for Wikipedia where it's, you know, his sad face asking for money. And I think, like, man, you know, I really wouldn't mind if there was just one tiny ad in the top bar of Wikipedia for Mazda or whatever. I'm not going to buy one, but, uh, but you know, and then I'm sure someone would, and I'm sure Mazda would pay a tremendous amount, seeing as Wikipedia is what, like the fifth most popular website mm-hmm. in the world. Like, I really do believe in advertising. Um, you know, it gets, it gets so much criticism, but there are a lot of very great products out there, and I think that especially if you if you have a small thing, so you have a a blog um, that displays your creative work and it gets a lot of traffic. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with advertising a product that you believe in. Uh, yeah. I think that's great and making some money that way instead of instead of asking your uh, your viewers or your followers uh-huh. for money. I think that that's a great way of doing it. But then then again, if you're you know against advertising or uh, for whatever reason, Patreon's great too. So I I would consider both. I mean I, I think it, it, it unless I create a very incredible blog, it, I'm probably not going to be able to get paid. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to get money from advertising uh, in the in the near term future. So Patreon might be another option yeah. uh, at the moment. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I think it's it's just fun to try new things, and you know, if you try ten new things, one of them will really stick, and yeah. you'll be like, "This is great." Yeah, and, yeah but yeah. you never know which thing that's going to be yeah. until you you For try sure. it. Well, yeah. Well. I think that is pretty much we've covered it all, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't even know know what more to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is probably a good time to wrap it up then. So, Sam, thank you so much for um, having the idea, really, to just get together and do this again. I think we officially have a tradition now. I think we do. Yeah. Let's let's keep it up. All right. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah.